Thank you, Colton. Appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and open up the Bible. I want to start up with the just one verse's introduction. Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Brother Tim told me to be sweet and short, so we're going to try to get it done by 7.30. It's probably going to be the quickest message. No, I'm just teasing. Just teasing. Sorry. All right, Acts chapter 11 in verse 26. Again, it's just introduction. And the Bible says, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and, and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first time in Antioch. So the title of tonight's message lesson, whatever you can call it, it would be the characteristics of a disciples. Characteristics of disciples. So what makes a person to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? What makes a person to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Anyone? Following? Okay. What else? Love God? Okay. What else? Obedience? Okay. All right. The beginning of a disciple's it starts, we must be saved, right? We have to be saved. We have to have Savior. We must believe in the one and true Savior. When a person receives Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, they become a disciple. In the Bible, those who follow Jesus were called disciples. So this, tonight, not this morning, tonight I would like to just talk about few characteristics of a disciple few characteristics of a disciple. So number one, I want to start off with, a disciples are students. A disciples are students. The Greek term of a disciple in the New Testament is Mephitis. I don't know. I'm not a Greek. Um, I don't know. Brother, Brother Snow probably be able to say it better than I do. But which means student or learner. So we all students, right? We whole life, I think our life is a Christian's it's a constant learning curve. We never can achieve, we never can graduate from a, like to say, from a college, right? If you go to college or university, eventually, if you don't fall out or stop going to college, eventually you will graduate. As a, as a student of Christ, it's a continuous process. We're constantly learning new things. And in the biblical times, a disciple will be attaching himself to a teacher and learn from him. He would follow him through the day, interact with him, work with him, and often go home with him at night. Discipleship. To be a good student, we need to follow Jesus' examples. So i got a few, few points. We become a good student by studying God's Word. See, Christians... Christians should read God's Word daily. They should meditate. We should study in God's Word that involves meditation. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 
Verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly, rightly dividing the word of truth. To become a student, <laughs> to become a student, we need to study God's word. We become a good student when we read God's word. It is so important to read God's word. We cannot grow if we don't read God's word. Are you done tweaking, Colton? You done? Good. Thank you. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for the doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, uh, truly fin- uh, furnished un- unto all good works. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So it is important and vital for us to read God's word. If we want to become a student, if we want to be a good student, we need to read and study in God's word. If we want to become a good student, we need to pray. I'm not telling you anything new that you've never heard, but it's something a lot of times we forget to do or not doing enough. To be close to God, we must have a daily relationship with Him. It's kind of funny example. Uh, if I say that I'm married to my wife, but I never talk to her, do you think I will have a good relationship with my wife if I never talk to her? Or maybe occasionally. I'll say, yep. Your uh, lemon blueberry cake that you made last Sunday was great. That's it. That's how I had the whole conversation. But often Christians do. It's just a, it's a, it's a spiritual uh, laziness almost. You know, we, 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 we do quick prayers. We pray quick and we move on. But it's vital. It is vital for us to pray daily and have that relationship with the Lord. Jesus showed us example of importance of a prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 says, But thou, when thou prayers, enter in thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in a secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Ooh. <laughs> Nobody would want to pray now, you know, publicly. But, you know, Pharisees did that, right? They would stand and, you know, we did a lesson, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago about Pharisees in our Sunday school class and how they would pray. They want people attention. They were seeking attention. And Jesus said, look, that's not how you're supposed to pray. If you want to pray... Go in your closet and ask the Lord and pray, and the Lord will hear you. So Jesus taught his disciples to pray, but also interesting that Jesus showed the different patterns of prayer. Jesus prayed alone. Mark 6, 46 says, And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. See, it's good that we can come together and pray, but it's also important for us to pray alone 
And as Jesus gets this example, shows us example, same thing in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 says, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. So Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the God in the flesh himself, prayed to the Father for his will, for his strength, so we have this example, so we ought to do the same thing. Jesus prayed alone. Jesus prayed with the disciples. Matthew 18, 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So we, we pray publicly, we pray together as we come in the church, you know, on Wednesday nights we all come together and we're lifting up our voices. We're following the example of Jesus. But Jesus also prayed for his disciples. I just finished reading John chapter 17, and it was such a refresher for me. You know, sometimes we get such a patterns. Who's a pattern reader? Like, how many of you read Proverbs a lot? Okay, I read Proverbs, I don't know, every other month I go back and read Proverbs again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Because there's a lot of wisdom. It's good for us. But sometimes we're missing good scriptures because we not shuffling around and just you know reading rereading different passages but when i was reading this passage and the jesus like for example john 17 verse 9 i said jesus says i pray for them i pray for them i pray not for the world but for them which thou hast given me for they are thine see jesus prayed for his disciples and this whole chapter is devoted the prayer and he's praying to God because he knows he's gonna, his time is coming to the end. So he was praying for the strength so they wouldn't fall. So they will continue uh, serve him, continue minister others. And Jesus prays for us. Look, John 17, 20 says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their world. Through their word, I'm sorry. Jesus prayed for those who haven't even been a believer. For those who never heard the, the preaching at that point, but he was already praying for them. So it's important for us to pray every day. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. The importance of prayer. We become a good student by teaching others sound doctrine. By teaching others sound doctrine. We need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost world. Jesus did not keep the knowledge just to himself. He came so he can minister, so the people can get saved. Jesus had a mission from the Heavenly Father to come to this earth and die for sins. Paul was, was teaching to Titus of importance of the sound doctrine. In Titus chapter 2, if you, if, if you can open Titus chapter 2, we become a good student by teaching others a sound doctrine. Titus chapter 2, verse 1 says, But speak thou the things which become 
sound doctrine that the aged men be sober, grave, uh, grave tempered, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they be, uh, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given uh, too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, to chase keepers of home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Verse 8 says, sound speech that cannot be condemned. Verse 15 says, speak these things and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Paul gives this message, gives these instructions to Titus to continue living for the Lord. He was helping him to become a good student. We need to teach others sound doctrine. What kind of doctrine do you teach your children? We have parents here. What kind of doctrine do I teach my kids? Is that a sound doctrine? What kind of advice do we give others? Do we give a godly advice? Can we tell them this is the word of God says? This is what the word of God says and this is what I believe? To be... A student of Christ, we need to teach others sound doctrine. Secondly, disciples are followers of Jesus Christ. We all follow someone, right? Today, follow is such a big word in a social media. You got all those social platforms and you got all those followers. Everybody follow somebody. You're supposed to follow recipes, right? Supposed to. When my wife bakes, she follows recipes. When I cook, I don't follow no recipes. I am the recipe. I'm just, you know, when people ask me, well, how did you cook that? I'm like, well, it's the recipe right here. But when my wife bakes, we had so many, like, I could never understand, maybe because I'm not a baker as much as my wife. You know, I don't really bake. Uh, I know how, but I don't. And sometimes my wife would miss some ingredient. And I'm sure a lot of you ladies will agree. You've got to have certain ingredients to follow the recipe, right? If you want that cake turn out. And I know Miss Jo said, yep, the cake didn't turn out good this time. I didn't let it sit too long, right? So there's a recipe you follow. It's important. So we as the disciples, we also are followers Someone who, and the word followers is, is described, I'm not jumping. A disciple is also a follower, someone who adheres completely to the teaching of another, making him his rule of life and conduct. That's who followers are. True disciples follow Jesus Christ. The word follow, the phrase, actually is not a word, it's a phrase. The phrase follow found 18 times in the New Testament. 18 times. We cannot, be a, we cannot be a Christians if we don't follow Jesus Christ. I found an interesting um, video I just showed pastor last week. Well, Sunday, I guess. Last week. Uh, showed pastor this video. It was talking about how um, a lot of this new generation Christian singers, you know, they, they, they have, um, they never talk about their church. Like, they don't have a pastor. 
And so that the person who was talking about, they have an agent. They don't have a pastor. So which church do you go? Who do you follow? What do you, you know, you, you, you sing, but which church do you belong to? So we as a Christians, we belong to church, right? We have, a, we have a home. We have a church home. But we also are followers. Disciples are expected to live what they learn and to be committed to the master. Matthew 4, 19 says, And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up, and take up his cross and follow me. We see the repetition of follow me, follow me. A true disciple of Christ is truly looking to follow the teaching and example of Christ in every aspect of his life. The interesting passage in Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 27 says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brother and sisters, yea, and his own life, also he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever, do, uh, and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. There is a sacrifice. There is a sacrifice on being disciple. If we are Christians, we have a certain things. You know, I think a lot of times people say do and don'ts. I don't, I don't think that's the right way to describe yourself as a Christian. I do these things because you do those things because the Word of God teaches. The Word of God teaches us. I believe those things because the Word of God teaches me. John 8.31 says, Then said Jesus to Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. So this is coming back again to importance of the God's word. As a disciple of Christ, we follow the example that Christ left us. First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. Verse twenty one through twenty five says, For even hereunto we called, because Christ is also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. See, a lot of times pastor would mention we should follow Christ. You know, man will fail. We see this all the time. Man will fail. Jesus Christ will never fail us. That's why we're supposed to put our trust in him and follow his steps, not man's steps. The verse 22 says, Who did not see, neither was, was guilty found in his mouth, who when he was re, uh, reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself, committing himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were a sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. That's who Jesus Christ is. It is also a good thing for us to follow a godly examples. We have so many examples in the Bible that we can follow. 
Apostle Paul demonstrates to us how, how to be a follower to, of Jesus Christ. He chose to be a follower of Jesus Christ to the end of his life. He made clear for himself to give his life for God's work more important than his own life. Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live in Christ and to die is gain. I was just thinking about that. He didn't have to go all the way. You know, he could actually, he had opportunity to say, you know what? Nobody knows that I'm coming to Rome right now. I don't have to go. But he chose to go to, you know, all the way till the end. Paul encouraged others to follow his steps. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Philippians 3.17 says, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so ye as, so ye, as ye have as for an example. Philippians 4.9 says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. See, we have example. We have Jesus Christ himself as example. We have his followers like Paul as an example. So do you want to be example to others like those? Do you want to be same example as, as Apostle Paul? Obviously, we cannot live up to the same mark, you know, to, to the same level. But are we doing the best to be the followers of Jesus Christ? Or do we quit half a time? And I know Pastor just preached a great message. Is my kids or your kids want to follow our steps? That, that, that scares me. That scares me. Am I living enough a good Christian life? That I can be example for my children. And then they can say, yep, my dad did it. I'm going to do it. It is encouraging to see missionaries like we just had missionary. His father was missionary. His brothers were missionary. He is missionary. He has the same desire to please the Lord and live in the foreign land and teach and preach and start up the churches. Commitment 100%. He's following his father's steps. Will our kids follow our steps? Do we set the example for our kids so they can follow us? Charles Spurgeon said this, The man that had been taught the scripture from his youth is anchored by the divine influence of the scriptures. It has so operated upon him that he knows for himself it is divine power. He knows the difference between the truth and error, but an effect produced on his heart and life. Without any boasting, he is able to discern between things that differ because about scriptural truth there is a strange, mysterious action which does not attend the teaching of the most learned of men. Disciples are followers of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, Disciples obey Christ. Disciple obey Christ. Jesus expects obedience from us. John chapter 8 verse 31 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. 
Jesus expects fruits from us as a Christians. John 15, 8 says, Herein my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Do we obey Jesus the way he thought in his word? Do we follow his steps? Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Again, such there is no law. Do we obey Jesus Christ as a true disciples? Number four, they were devoted to Christ. Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 says, From that path, from that time, forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer for many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and be raised again on the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, "Be as far from uh, uh, rebuke him, saying, Be it far from me, thee, from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee." But he turned and said unto Peter, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Woo! Those are strong words. Because Jesus knew what, 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 he was, what Peter was saying. It was not the will of God. He knew that he's supposed to die on the cross for our sins. And Peter, you know, he, he, Peter was a good follower. Peter was his friend. Peter was his disciple. He had an influence. And Jesus said, but he turned and said unto him, Peter, get, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou sovereignest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Disciples, they were devoted to Christ. Christ is our master. So we must think like Him. Our commitment and devotion to Him should be total, even when it takes taking up our cross every single day. Luke 14, 24-25 says, And there went great multitudes with Him, and He turned and said unto him, if, a man, if any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother, and wife and children, and brethren and sister, ye and his own life also cannot be my disciples. And whosoever doth not bear his cross, come after me, cannot be my disciple. We see importance being a devoted to Jesus Christ. Are you devoted as a Christian like you're supposed to be? Are we devoted to him? As pastor always uses phrase, I remember when I first time heard preeminence. I had a hard time. I had a hard time, you know, my language barrier in a sense. Preeminence, preeminence. And I would write it down. And every time he would mention, I go back and I look again. And I'll go back and look again until it's stuck. 
the most important thing is Jesus Christ has preeminence in our life. And I'm speaking to Wednesday night crew. We, we hear because Jesus Christ matters. I, you know, it's kind of feeling sometimes when Pastor and I hear people will not come. And I'm not saying that, I don't know, you know, a lot of people right now traveling, vacation, you know, some, again, a lot of us, a lot of our family with the kids, you know, uh, in a camp. But there are some who could be here today. But they're not. They choose not. And again, I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody, but I'm just trying to say, as a Christian's, as a Christians, we should be devoted to Jesus. And it starts with us coming to church, reading God's word, coming here, praying together. Are you devoted as a Christian? And lastly, number five, who's your master? Who's your master? Is Jesus Christ is the only master in your life? Matthew 23, Matthew 23, verse 6 through 10 says, And the love of the uppermost rooms at the feast, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi, but be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither you be called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. Who is your master? Is Jesus Christ is your master? Do you love him? Do you serve him like he should? Jesus Christ should be preeminence in our life. Discipleship is a long process. It's a long, lifelong process. But as disciples, we need to keep moving in that direction and learning from Jesus through our life. So, characteristics of a disciple. I'm thankful that we have godly examples in our church. I'm thankful for, it is amazing me, the older you get, the more you start recognizing that. And it's so, un, it's so foreign to unbelievers when you say something like that. Oh, yeah, I have a friend in church. He's older than I am, and he told me this. Because a lot of people don't go to church. They don't have church family. They don't have Jesus Christ as their master. But we do. But do we live our life like a disciple? Do we live our life? And look, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm pointing myself. How many times do we self-pity when we've been given the greatest gift of all? Salvation through Jesus Christ alone. And I'm so thankful that we have a Savior that loves us. And no matter when we fall, and look, we all fall. We have good days and we have victory. And we have a battles when we lose the battle. But I'm so thankful that we can get up and continue our fight. And Jesus Christ always there. He's always there to help us. Characteristics of a true 
disciples. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, again, I thank you for your word. Father, I know that could be done and said better. But Lord, you know my heart. Father, you know the desire. Lord, I, I know we can do so much better for you. Father, we can be better for you. Father, we can minister to others better. We can study your word more. We can pray more. Father, I pray that you help us. Lord, help us to, to be a disciple of you, Father. Help us to follow Jesus Christ and examples that he set for us. Lord, again, we thank you for all you do. Lord, again, I pray that you be with all those prayer requests that were mentioned. Lord, please be with each person. Touch their bodies and help them and heal them. Lord, but I also pray for, again, for our church family. Lord, I pray for pastor and all the workers and all the uh, teenagers and juniors. Lord, I just pray for them. Lord, give them safety as they're in a camp. Lord, I pray also that you work in their life. Challenge them. Help them, Lord. Um, Lord, I pray that they will make uh, lifelong decisions. Again, thank you, Father, for all you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.